0: Hello there, everybody, and welcome to the Circling Seattle Sports Podcast. Obviously, this will not necessarily be just the podcast version, as you can see, Bryce and I here on the video version. This will be the 144th episode of the show itself and the 42nd installment in the Seattle Interview Series. I apologize if I sound a little nasally. I am a little bit under the weather, so if you hear sniffles, that's why. Um, I'm joined today by Bryce Logan. Uh, goalkeeper, former Washington Huskies, spent a year with uh, two years, pardon me, with Bradley. Don't let me get that wrong. Uh, I'm just going to look at some of these things you were able to accomplish. I mean, MVC Goalkeeper of the Year, the 2020-2021 season, All-Missouri Valley Conference that season, uh, MVC Men's Soccer Championship All-Tournament twice in spring of 2021 and 2021, and then Honor Roll 2021, not to shy away from the academics. So, Bryce, I mean, how have you been? I've been good. Yeah.
1: Thanks for having me on. I, I appreciate it. And uh, yeah, I'm excited for this.
0: Uh, thank you for coming on again, taking time out of your day. So we'll jump right straight into the early sort of years. What can you attribute uh, to you getting into the the game of soccer football? How did that ultimately come into place? Was it, you know, uh, just playing the sport as a kid? Was there someone that you looked up to? Uh, I believe your father uh, did track, so I don't think it necessarily may have stemmed from him. Where did where did soccer come into play for you uh, in the younger years?
1: Yeah, well, I when I have an older sister, and uh, she's four years older than me, um, but as a kid, I was, I was super hyper, so my parents uh, couldn't stand me just having loads of energy, so they started taking me to my sister's soccer practices just to get me to run myself ragged a little bit um so she she started I think when she was seven or eight so I I think or maybe a little bit younger so I would have been four or so I, I'm not quite sure as <laughs> this has just been reported to me by my parents but um from there it just kind of took I mean I, I tried uh, a couple other sports um just because yeah my dad he he ran did cross country played hockey growing up in Canada and Um, tennis and stuff and so he kind of gave me the run with with a bunch of different sports but ultimately I just I took to soccer
0: so with uh, with that going on and having that sort of be something that was instilled you know obviously with your sister I mean did you have anyone you grew up idolizing in the game of soccer maybe it was your sister right Uh, it's funny asking this question because uh, there was the Kraken do something where they take two minutes with their players. And they ask one of the questions to one of the defensemen was, do you have a favorite player growing up? And he said, no. And I just think that's a little bit bizarre that, you know, growing up in any sport, you don't necessarily have a favorite player. So I'm interested to see, again, it could be your sister. It could be something else in the game of soccer who might've uh, been that person.
1: Yeah. Well, so for me, um, you know, I I started, I I liked playing soccer. Um, It was one of my favorite sports, but as far as following the game, I didn't start to to pick it up until I was maybe 11 or 12. So before that, um, my favorite athletes weren't actually soccer players. I remember um, Wayne Gretzky speaking of hockey. He was every elementary school report that I did was on Wayne Gretzky. I, you know, I just, I idolized him. Um, and I think it's, it's always cool, you know, when you can idolize people in other sports you know and then maybe take that um and kind of cross implement it in your game but once I started to get older and then came to follow soccer a lot more closely I, I fell in love with Jeanluigi Luigi Buffon um the Juventus in Italy's number one and I one of the best goalkeepers of all time um and he's just he's uh being Italian he's a romantic of the game and stuff and so like uh, you know his longevity and stuff and the way he talks about soccer and and talks about you know coming and maturing into uh, like where he was being 40 and he's still playing I think he's 44 he's playing in the second division but you know just his his wisdom I tried to take a lot of of that from him so as I got older um, it definitely became Buffon was was my idol Wayne Gretzky and then Buffon I guess
0: Certainly yeah, an interesting couple there, but you know. It definitely makes sense. I mean, it is just funny to think about, you know, different athletes growing up, obviously some throw a mix of different sports in there. Right. Um, and, to, you know, here, that's kind of funny, but just when I heard that the other day, oh, I didn't have a favorite player growing up. I was like, that doesn't seem right. You know? Yeah. Um, so, I mean, you kind of touched on it a little bit, but was there ever, an idea of continuing to play another sport as you got older or was it just kind of the sights were always set in one particular direction
1: uh definitely I mean when I was when I was really young I really really liked football but bless my mom's heart she didn't let me uh let me play football because uh she didn't want me to get hurt and then or at least she didn't when I was young and then as I got older I kind of realized that that probably wouldn't have been a, a great sport for me so um soccer was always like constant in there I, I did hockey for a little bit um but you know like hockey is just that's a whole nother world you know the getting up at games at 7 a.m across the border and everything that would have been it was a bit too much um and I did basketball a bit basketball ended up being the other sport that I was playing um but, you know, I, I really started to fall in love with with soccer around 9, 10. I'd always been playing it, but I really started to fall in love probably 8, 9, 10, and then um, was playing basketball and doing a couple other sports. Um, but it came down to basketball and soccer, but basketball was just just for fun. Soccer was everything to me. And I had a a high school basketball coach who uh, told me, you know, like if you want to go farther on varsity or whatever, you know, you're going to have to stop playing club soccer. And I told him that was it then. And and soccer was my sole focus about my sophomore year. So
0: that's a perfect segue. Actually, how do you reflect on your time with, with Crossfire? And how would you say that it shaped, you know, you to become the goalkeeper that you would eventually work towards being?
1: Yeah, that was, uh, Crossfire was, yeah, quite the experience, you know, I, I tried out for, for Sounders and, and didn't make it, I had a, a my high school goalkeeper, or my high school coach, you know, he told me if you want to play Division One soccer, you got to be down on an academy, um, and so I tried out for Sounders, didn't make it, thought that was that, but um, he eventually got me sorted, and I, I went into Crossfire missed tryouts, but they let me in for, for training and the, the coach liked me and he took me. So um, crossfire was such a, a major part of my life um, because I had to dedicate so much time to it. You know, it was, it was two hours to drive down to training and two hours back um, I ended up doing running start. So I, I was doing uh, college for my last two years of high school. So I think it, it matured me and, and definitely I think gave me uh, quite a head start on um, just kind of maturing and being able to time manage. Because uh, when I came in as a freshman, I I was obviously over the moon and thrilled to get uh, into college and start playing. But um, you know, for me, I'd been already doing college, so a lot of my uh, freshman teammates and stuff were really excited for like college for the first time. And weren't sure how they were going to manage it, but for me, you know, I was actually going to have almost more free time because I wasn't driving four hours and um, so I was just I was going to be walking to training so crossfire was great Um, you know I I met the some of the UW coaches and Jeff Roland and Rich Reese and Rich ultimately became my my mentor um, the goalkeeper coach at at UW Um, he kind of took me under his wing and ended up recruiting me. I didn't ever think I had interest from Washington at the time, but, uh, you know, rich kind of pushed and showed that there was interest. And so I think crossfire is ultimately how I ended up at Washington.
0: And before we, we take that next step to look at Washington, what memories did you take from working with courts for kids back in 2017? Can you talk a little bit about that and how that went?
1: Yeah, that was, that was an incredible experience. Um, I went with, uh, really good friend and roommate, Jasper Malamud. Um, We went down together with a a lot of other Washington athletes and it was really cool to go with the other athletes and get to know them because um, we're still kind of young so we didn't have a whole lot of friends I guess across like the, the other sports that were older than us. So it was really cool to just get to know them and then man what an experience you know. We went to a rural indigenous uh, like little town in, in Costa Rica, high up in the mountains. And man, it was, it was incredible. The people, my Spanish is pretty bare minimum, um, but you know, the people were just so welcoming to us. Um, they, they wanted to speak to us as much as possible. Um, They're just like so gracious and so kind. Um, so it was, it was incredible being in with them, you know, just one of those once-in-a-lifetime experiences and we got to build something for them and you know that I was going to serve the community and it was great because they had one soccer field but it rains a lot there and stuff and so we went out and played the one day but it was just like it was a mud bit um, so to be able to build them a court that they can play like futsal and stuff throughout the year was it was it, it was incredible, you know, and they were just so thankful and they just wanted to be a part of it and helping as much as we could. So there was like an 80 year old man who was moving <laughs> wheelbarrows full of like cement and stuff. <laughs> he, uh, he shut us up because we couldn't complain about the hard work, but yeah, quite an experience and super thankful for that.
0: It's always, you know, really cool. Obviously we were going to talk about Washington and Bradley and just, you know, the overall soccer journey for you, but just to look at that, I guess in the aspect of growing the game, you know, it's always funny, you know, here in the States, soccer doesn't always get the spotlight, you know what I mean, about the other sports, mm-hmm. but just funny to think about just the the outreach in general that it's got. I mean, it's it is incredible to think about like you were saying, to get those guys to have that court year round. Uh it's definitely really cool. And especially being in Washington, you know, know the a little bit about what that rain is like uh with some of those fields. Um yeah. So with that being said, we take our steps over to Washington. How would you describe your first two years? I know you talked a little bit about having the running start um, and getting that aspect of it, you know, kind of knowing what's a little bit what's going on with college. But, you know, you redshirted in 2016 and was only able to appear in two games in 2017. How do you reflect on those first two years, I guess, and what you were able to see um, on your side of things?
1: Yeah, it was definitely uh, a learning experience for me. I knew coming in that I was going to be redshirting. Um, that was kind of more or less the process of kind of how it went for goalkeepers. Obviously, like there are exceptions with Spencer Ritchie being one and Sam Fowler being another, um, where they come in and make an impact right away. Um, but for the most part, uh before me a lot of the goalkeepers that came in had redshirt so I knew coming in that it was just going to be a year for me to get up to speed you know I was I was a skinny scrawny kid I needed to put on a little bit of muscle weight um so I knew coming in that that's that was going to be my position and you know I knew there was Auden Auden Schilder who was a Bellingham kid so I looked up to him and you know had a little bit of a closer connection with him and and Seth Carawalla, you know, they kind of took me under the wing to just kind of give me advice and guidance. But um, the first year was it was good to just get up to speed. You know, I, I had a lot of things I need to work on and, and learn. Um, the second year round, you know, I started to get uh, being 19. Uh, you know, I think that it needs to happen right now. So I got a little bit um, impatient or a little bit frustrated, just not being able to play more. Um, but was I ready? Maybe not. Uh, Of course, I thought I was, Um, but, you know, that was, it was just kind of a bit of a learning time for me. I, you know, I had to learn about myself um, and, and there was still more to come with that, Um, but yeah, it was a good experience. You know, it it taught me a lot about myself and, and uh, on and off the field. So I think, you know, as much as I wanted to be playing, I think it was just as important that, you know, I wasn't, uh, and I could take a lot just as much, if not more, from not playing as much as I would have liked.
0: So you talk about those years, um, and then I mean, if we look at the next two years. I mean, these are at least in my eyes, and I'm, I'm not a, an expert in anything. But I mean, it looks like these are some solid numbers, right? And we look at these next two years: 2018, uh, you get four shutouts in the appearances that you have a 1.06 GAA. 2019 go six two and zero with the point zero seven for GAA and four shutouts. I mean. You talked about how you might have not been ready, but you, you know, in the moment, it was like, hey, I feel like I'm ready. I want to go out there and do this. Did you put your head down and just went to work at it? Was there a different approach mentally? How did you tackle those next two years?
1: Yeah, I think uh, the following two years, I mean, goalkeeping is just it's such a, a mental. I mean, sports in general is such a mental thing, but I think in goalkeeping, it's it's probably 70% of the game. Um, just because, you know, you can't get in your head. Uh, and this was definitely something that I was super unprepared for. Um, and so I I started to learn more about it myself. Um, it's just like the mentality that I needed to have. I always worked hard. Um, but, you know, sometimes you can work. It doesn't matter how hard you work. You know, sometimes other things have to line up. And sometimes it's my mentality, you know, of, of not getting upset when I uh, when I made a mistake. I think before I used to be I'd let my mistakes kind of eat me alive. And, and then that, that affects the next shot that comes in. And so as a goalkeeper, you have to be super level headed. And I don't think I had that um, when I started. But then I started to realize that. You know, it's not going to be beneficial if I get frustrated. You know, there's like uh, some goalkeepers I look up to, you know, their best advice is like, nobody's trying to make a mistake. You know, if it happens, it happens. Just kind of move past it. Um, So I think, you know, as I started to realize um, more of the game had less to do with, uh, you know, my ability of being able to save a shot. And it was kind of more, how mentally stable I could just keep myself during the game, you know, um, that played a big role in it. Um, so I think that that was huge going into the the last two years, but yeah, I definitely, I still wrestled. I, I wanted to play a bit more um, than I did. And, you know, those, those numbers look good, but I think at Washington, they always build a, a super solid defense, which is, is great for goalkeepers because they get to a bunch of the accolades for the defense's hard work. Um, I think that was that's always been a staple of, of Washington. Um, so I think, uh, yeah, I mean, it was great being able to step in and, and do do well, but um, it definitely helps when you have great guys in front of you, I think. So, yeah, that was uh, it was it was definitely a learning learning period still, I think, um, just because, yeah, I wanted to be playing a lot more than than I was, but the nature of how things go, especially as a goalkeeper.
0: No, oh, it definitely makes sense. I mean, you talk about the mental aspect of it. I, I'm going to use the hockey connection again, uh, you know, with Chris Drieger and the Kraken, I mean, he's talked about his routine and changing up his routine, you know, the mental aspect of it. Uh, he was asked about it the other night. Uh, he was asked a question. He said, I've let a few, in, uh, few goals in, in my lifetime. So I I've been able to work past it. It is interesting to think about that, you know, the life of a goalkeeper, um, in, in either sport, obviously, you know, if, if you, you make a mistake or something happens, you know, the world knows about it, but if you don't and you do your job, no one hears about it, you know? So it, it is a lot to think about. And obviously that is huge, obviously the mental aspect of it. So I do like that you talked touched on that. Um, and you talk about the defensive side of things. I mean, there's a few of those guys that we will mention here in a little bit, but I do like that you mentioned that as well. Cause I mean, at the end of the day in either, obviously, if something goes wrong or something goes good, it is a team game, you know? So uh, I do like that you touched on that. How do you reflect on coach Clark and your time under him, what you might've been able to gather from him or just your interactions with him, you know, when you were at Washington?
1: Yeah. Yeah. He's uh he's an interesting guy. I think a lot of, I say that in the best way, but I think he, he's just, he's funny. He's a, a bit quirky uh, I think a lot of soccer coaches are, um, but yeah, he he helped me learn so much about the game and, uh, you know, those video sessions that sometimes at the time felt like they were dragging on a little bit. I actually learned about uh, the small details about like what could really make a player great um and so I think he has a really good eye for it but uh you know after class uh, when it's that midday midday time before training when the the video room's pretty warm and you're trying not to fall asleep uh maybe at the time I didn't realize like how important it was but um you know as I kind of got older and then um you know changed schools and stuff I kind of realized how much I learned um you know, and, and he always wants the best, the best for everybody. Um, you know, at the end of the day, he's got to compete do his job, you know, but, you know, he still wants to help, um, still wants to be engaged and just wants the best for everybody. Um, so, yeah, I, I learned, I learned a lot about the game from him. And, you know, I think that that made me a better player and it helped uh, me try and make other people better, um, you know, and it definitely just kind of like changed the game the way I played a bit.
0: So now, you know, I do want to touch on some of the teammates that you had while you were a, a Husky. You know, you would look at some of these guys, a uh, good amount of them, you know, being defenders in front of you. I mean, we look at Buana, Meek, Sailor, Tevez, Ostrom. Those two guys have been able to have the opportunity to speak mm-hmm. with Bartlow. I mean, can you speak to any of those guys and what having them in that locker room was, like or even on the field, obviously, right? Uh, what having them around was like? um and just being around those guys what they might have you know brought to your game how they might have you know helped you as a goalkeeper right uh just their influences on on your time with the huskies
1: yeah yeah it was great i mean yeah there are some incredibly talented players who you know have have moved on to to the pro game and you know they're still young so i think they've uh yet to quite make their mark but i think they're certainly set to do that um but yeah, it just, it creates such a great atmosphere when you, when you have guys as talented as them and uh, low ego too. So, you know, they, they're they willing to work and they're willing to listen, which I think is is huge as, especially as a goalkeeper, you know, you can you can shout and direct as much as, as you want. And that's what coaches want. But if players aren't willing to listen, um, it doesn't matter. It doesn't, it just seems like you're white noise at that point. So, you know, all those guys, Super hardworking, super talented, but they were low ego, low ego and willing to listen, um, you know, and so it gave me a lot of confidence just um, playing with them, knowing their ability and stuff and and having them in the locker room being not not super uh high ego i guess you know they're approachable and and fun to be around i think that just helps everybody helps the team and and helps guys just be closer and then everybody wants to work more for the guy next to him if if he's one of the most talented people on the pitch but is also hard working and is uh doesn't have a huge ego that's that's getting in the way of anything
0: so we we switch over to bradley here now i might be able to garner a little bit of it but i want to you know i want your aspect i don't want to go in and assume anything what ultimately you know finalized that decision to make the transfer and what made bradley the place to be what made it stick out say hey this is a place that i want to go to and spend my my availability at
1: yeah so i mean i i definitely have the pandemic a little bit to attribute to that um you know i i've always wanted to play professionally and was thinking about trying to explore it um, when I was finishing up at the end of the 2019 season. So 2020 rolled around and, um, you know, I was kind of looking to see what's out there, but the coaches said, Hey, maybe you should just, uh, just in case, just go look for a fifth year, maybe work on your master's. So I, I went on a couple of visits, talked to a couple of schools that ultimately came down to um, university of Memphis and Bradley Um, And the Bradley coach, uh, head coach, was just a goalkeeper, and he was really invested in me. Wanted like, just believed in me. Wanted to get me in. And um, being a fifth year, you know, I even if I thought I was better than somebody else or equal, you know, I I couldn't really risk going into preseason if somebody had been there around and trying to beat them out, just because. That's about like a two week window. And if they'd been there for three, two, three years, you know, it's just kind of hard to beat that. They have a lot of familiarity. So I kind of had to go into a situation that I knew was going to be um, a bit better for me playing wise. You know, nothing's guaranteed ever. But, you know, some places are you can the, the. there's just a little bit better opportunity that you can read. Um, So that was, that was the situation at Bradley and the coach was really invested in me. Um, And then the pandemic kind of shut everything down and, um, you know, clubs stopped bringing people in on trial. So, you know, for me, um, I needed to stay in the game. I needed to keep playing. And then there was a bit more certainty with college soccer rather than Um in the program just because you know people's contracts were kind of getting cut and and people weren't coming in on trials, you know, people had to be separated. Uh so I I just at that point I knew I needed to needed to go to college or uh do my master's, and um Bradley was the best place for it. Um so that's kind of how I ended up at Bradley and yeah, Illinois. Never thought I'd be in the Midwest, but there I was.
0: Well, so you talk about the Minnesot. I mean, this this could go whether just whether it was location wise or educationally, or obviously, you know, in the sport. What did you first feel when you arrived there? Was it kind of like, oh, okay, I'm in a new place. This is a little. I have to get adjusted. How did you How did you take in, you know, when you first arrived?
1: Yeah. So, well, so it was a bit interesting. I was uh, um, originally going to go in the fall um, when that fall season was going to be in place but it was kind of all up in the air and I was actually going to road trip out there and so um, I I got out to I have one of my buddies uh, that I grew up with is in Spokane I I ended up going over starting the leg first leg and went to Spokane Um, and it was it was all up in the air and so I decided to wait out another day and we had a team meeting that said We're not going to have a fall season um and the coaches talked to me and they said hey maybe you know it's best if you stay there train um as much as you can do what you need to do um and so then i i didn't actually get out there until january um because they then we decided that there was going to be that spring season um so i got out there and it was it was cold (laughs) um that was the, the coldest I've ever experienced. So, you know, it was like negative 20 with the oh, wind chill. So yeah, that was, that was pretty miserable for me. So, <laughs> um, you know, that being the case, um, I didn't really get to experience it because I, I ended up flying out there because I wasn't driving across the country in the middle of winter. Um, so I was kind of stuck in my apartment because I couldn't, couldn't go out. There was a pandemic. So Um, it was it was good to get into the new place but you know it was just it was was a bit of a tough time to transition because it was was so cold so I I wasn't going to be out exploring the the city or anything and and we weren't really um, encouraged to be hanging out with many people so um, yeah it was a it was a bit of a isolation period but you know like as with anything there's a lot of good things to learn and um it, it eventually got better it eventually warmed up but yeah negative 20 was uh chilly I was going to be staying in my apartment for most of the time
0: yeah I mean I was gonna say I know that I mean I always when I played the game it was all I play. I was a sweeper I was a center back so I didn't I never was in the goalie spot so I mean is that something that you have to I mean if playing in the cold this is just my own personal curiosity here if you plan something like that, you have to do something different with your gloves. You're putting hand warmers in there. I mean, do you approach that differently or is it just I have to kind of deal with this because this is my job and this is what's been given to me circumstance wise? Yeah,
1: I mean, uh, <laughs> I had a little bit of prep being here because sometimes, you know, in the winter when it's it's super rainy and wet, yeah. you know, I, I don't want to go through warm-ups and get soaking wet and then go stand. So I, for my preparation, I always would warm up in something completely different and then Mm -hmm. right before the game i would change everything um so like if if i needed to i'd change my gloves too so they wouldn't be super wet because once your hands gets cold it's it's game over but um so i'd always bring like a a whole separate sometimes two changes of clothes because if at halftime i was like wet again or sweaty um i change if I needed to um I've never had to do it but a lot of times I know a lot of goalkeepers uh they would wear those kind of like medical uh kind of like latex gloves and they would put those on underneath and I guess those those keep your hands super warm I've never had to do oh. it I guess that's that's the trick because your hands don't slide too much but I, I think those somehow keep your hands super warm so that's that's the secret I guess
0: yeah, I mean, again, that was just my own personal curiosity because I hadn't played the goalkeeper position. I was like, yeah, I mean, if it gets that cold, and obviously being around here, you know, when we get it, how it is, you know, especially with the rain, I know that uh, one of the UW women's games I went to was just pouring. I'm like, geez, if you're sitting in goal, I mean, you know, you're doused, you know. So yeah, that that makes a lot of sense. Um, so I I talked about it at the top of the episode, but. I mean, you look back, and I I look at this one in particular because I don't know if it I was looking at it, it would seem like the pinnacle. But what did being named Missouri Valley Conference goalkeeper of the year mean to you? Was that something that was like, hey, I'm you know I was able to outperform these guys, or this was just sort of like being recognized for the work that you had put in? You know, five saves per game in 2021, obviously just being conference goalkeeper of the year. There's a bunch of different guys in the conference that you're competing against for that honor. So is that something that you know, I worked for this kind of thing, or is it just, this is recognition for all I've done?
1: Um, yeah, it was, it was cool. I mean, some people, you know, kind of say that like rewards are like just another thing, but I think that's, it's a team game, but I think that's um, a little bit of BS. I think it means something to everybody. Um, so to say it didn't mean something to me, it would be lying. You know, I think it was maybe a little bit of, of validation because, I don't know if, I or I guess I should say, better to say, you know, I kind of always wanted to be a bit more um, at Washington, um, but just the nature of who was there, you know, the talented guys there, I didn't get as, as many games as I thought, so, you know, I maybe was always kind of questioning myself a little bit, um, so to go into a new place and, and get that award and that recognition was, it was super nice, and it, it kind of, Um, validated me a little bit Um, you know maybe that's that's not the best thing but that was the the truth of the situation is just to go go in and show that I could be one of the best goalkeepers in the conference Um, you know and I think that that also says something a lot about the type of goalkeepers that Rich Reese has is he's got a lot of guys who are are super talented and you know Sam Fowler's next up and and he's going to be destined for great things and and Jacob Castro who was uh toe-to-toe with uh Sammy you know went down to San Diego State and and he absolutely killed it this year so um you know it it was kind of nice to just get that recognition um a little feather in my cap but um, you know, it didn't, it didn't change a whole lot, but it was, it was nice to get that recognition.
0: Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't think that's a crime to, you know, enjoy a little bit of recognition. You know, it, there's a lot of work that goes into this, let alone at the club level, club level. I mean, obviously the pro level is the pinnacle of it, but even at the college level, I mean, you're doing all of that and you're getting the damn education, you know? So I don't <laughs> think, I, I think a little recognition is okay. I think that's fine. Um, so to, to put a, to put a bow on it, uh the Bradley experience, what what do you take from your time at Bradley? You know, played 2,698 minutes there, made 121 saves in your two seasons. How do you how do you look at that and just how it was able to play out?
1: Yeah. yeah, it was it was good for me. Um it was it was cool because I got to be a mentor. I came in as as one of the old guys as the young guys like to remind me. Um, That they, they, uh, they weren't even driving when I was uh, a freshman in college. (laughs) But uh, so I got to mentor and be a bit of a leader since it was such a young squad. But, um, you know, being kind of like the established starter, uh, I went through like the highs of the first season. I think I personally had some lows in, in performance wise the second season. Um, you know, and I kind of kind of had to sort that out myself as as it had been a long time since I'd been able to string together such a long run of games. Um, and so there was there was a lot of figuring out of sorting out the highs and then the lows performance wise. Um, so I think I, I took I managed to take a little bit of that from it and then just kind of be a mentor for for the young guys, because. They came in and a lot of them approached me when they were kind of confused with what's going on. Um, And I was able to have a little bit of an unbiased uh, opinion and kind of had been there. So I saw what they were going through. But then having played soccer for five, six years at college, uh, I kind of knew what was actually going on. So I was kind of able to tell them you know, I know you see it this way, but the reality of this situation is this, Um, you know, and like, whether that's right or not, that's just kind of what it is. And so like, maybe this can help you going forward. I, I hope it could help them going forward um, to know the reality of the situation because, you know, it's not just about who might be playing the best. And of course, everybody thinks they're playing the best. Um, but there's a lot more to it, um, so to be able to explain that to the young guys, and I think kind of help better equip them for what was going to happen to them going forward, or, or just give them better tools. I think that was pretty cool to to do at Bradley, you know. And so stepping into that leadership role, um, I think was was really cool for me.
0: So you talk about, I mean, you use the word mentor, right? Uh, I want to switch now to sort of away from the college game, what got you into becoming a goalkeeper coach with Seattle United? Was it wanting to mentor more? Or was it wanting to kind of pass the game along or how did that ultimately come into play for you?
1: Um, ultimately it, I mean, it came through, you know, Rich has kind of always taken me under, under his wing, I think a little bit. So, you know, it started with, I would, I would just cover some shifts for him in college um but you know I think he's he's always kind of pushed me to to be a bit of a goalkeeper coach um and I think you know I'd worked with him for six seven years so talk about mentoring I think he was kind of mentoring me quite a bit so I was able to take a lot from him um but yeah I I mean it's it's fun to work with like the the younger high school age kids you know and kind of like give them a bit of feedback and, and push them a bit. And yeah, just kind of be able to like pass on what I know to them a bit.
0: So, you know, with that being said, I mean, do you, what, what's next for Bryce? Is it, you know, continuing to coach? Are you looking at if, is anything in the works right now? I mean, that you're able to talk about, obviously, I you know sometimes you gotta keep this stuff on the wraps. I mean, what are you, or are you just kind of taking it day by day? Is it a day by day approach?
1: Uh, at this point, at this point I would say, yeah, it's a bit of a day by day. Um, you know, I, I want to keep playing. I went on a a couple trials, but you know, um, sometimes it it doesn't matter exactly how good you are or aren't. I think there's a lot more that needs to fall into place. And I kind of learned that on some of the trials that it be for better or worse. That's just kind of what the situation is. Um, so right now kind of working on some things, I, who knows if it'll pan out, you know, soccer, nothing will happen for a long time then everything will happen all at once. Um, so I went through that a couple months ago and, and then kind of things dried up and I thought, you know, maybe it was going to be time that I might need to move on. Um, but then again, it's when it rains, it pours. And so there's a lot kind of going on for me right now. And so I'm trying to figure out if there's still a place for me in the game professionally um, you know I, I might I might have uh, a couple more teams interested I'm, I'm not quite sure because it's it's late in the game for the the seasons and the leagues here um, but you know soccer is always a moving sport so um, yeah I, I might get some opportunities um, but yeah day by day you know it's it's changing every day um, people are connections are getting sorted and, and people are getting in contact and I'm able to get in contact with different people so it's it's changing every day and I'm trying to keep up with it
0: <laughs> well I appreciate your insight on that obviously you know like you said it's it, a lot of stuff can change you know um, I always put socials in the description of these things I mean is there anything that you'd like to put out into the world outside of that you know anything you'd like to promote talk about any sort of message you'd like to leave or Uh, not that i i can think of i mean yeah i just
1: i try try and keep a low profile for the most part so i don't have anything that uh i'm pushing out into the world but yeah i mean it was great to be on the podcast. You know, I've, I've always, I love a good podcast and stuff. Um, So yeah, I I never thought that I would be the one uh, getting interviewed or anything. So it was super cool experience and it was fun to listen to some of your other podcasts.
0: Well, I appreciate that. No, it's, 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 I I never really took it to the college of right. Being at UW, I I never took any of my sports, but just, I mean, this is my thing, you know, all these sports and talking to these different athletes uh it's just it's it's a lot of fun to hear just the journeys right i mean you could be a guy that again maybe spent one year in washington i don't care i want to hear how that happened i want to hear that journey went you know it's because sometimes like we were talking about with being a goalkeeper sometimes people might only see the mistake you make and not all the other work you put in you know so that's kind of the goal of these things is to you know, whatever you go into next, right? Whenever someone sees you out there, sees you in a jersey, say, hey, I want to learn more about what he's done. I want to see who he is. That's the point of these. So
1: hmm. I
0: appreciate you coming on. Um, and that, uh, with that being said, I hope you enjoy the rest of your day.
1: Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate it, Charles. All the best. <laughs>